Robert G. and Charlie Nell Johnson, and their families are here this morning, so mom and dad to y'all. And But I, no, I did notice, I was even tearing up, I was teasing y'all by handing you a tissue, but I actually teared up some, because the memories, because I know how it is. I don't know if y'all are like me, but we've got picture albums at our house. I don't like to, if I go back and look at them, I have to get in the room by myself when I see the kids little. Do y'all do that? or my, But I mean, the golly, I might start tearing up. All the memories, I mean, a lot of it's tears of joy, but also tears of, of toughness and tears of pain. But I'm going to address the senior high students today. I'm going to say words directly to them, but obviously the Word of God applies to all of us. Some of the things I'm going to share, I've shared before in uh, sermons like this to, to seniors and I know one of the stories I have shared here before but I want to address the senior seniors specifically and who was that holding Megan Howler that young guy I don't know there was a picture and everybody, yeah that was that was dad anyway the sermon titled this morning is my journey will include God I say that as a statement hoping that any of us would claim that but especially the seniors if you could today Regardless of where you're at on your journey with Jesus Christ, I hope you've already made the decision that wherever my journey takes me, my journey will include God. You have to decide that. Mom and Dad, they can't decide that for you. They've pointed you in a good direction, the right direction, the Christ-like way, but you have to decide that you want your journey to include God, and I hope you will. Lana and I were driving up and down Megan Boulevard uh, this week, last week, and and even down Rainbow Drive, and we noticed there's billboards everywhere that's got this picture of this person just everywhere all over Gadsden. And uh, jokingly, I, was, I told Lana, I said, yeah, I need to tell the seniors, you know, to aspire that you can have your picture on as many billboards as Alexander Shannara does all over the place. <laughs> please don't let that be your aspirations, please. That was a joke. But he's everywhere. Call me, Alabama. I hope that's not your inspiration. But if you get your face on a billboard, God bless you. And uh, I want to share this uh, little bit of information, too. Many of you know that our top three students that are members of our church here, and I, I'm going to mention their name, but uh, obviously I, I bless every one of you. Uh, I certainly was not one of the top three students at Etowah High School, but, uh, but these three young ladies, and I'm not going to call them out in order, but I'm going to share an interesting tidbit that many of you know, but some of you may not know about these three girls. But Audrea Wood and Megan Howler and Parker Jurecki were all within, how many hundreds were y'all? I mean, it's, they're up there, the top three, though, at the Gadsden High School Titans. But here's the information that you may not know. They all live on the same street. Fair Oaks Circle. Let me say it again. Fair Oaks Circle circle that's for any of you young couples that are looking for a house I just recommend buy one on Fair Oaks it might it might work out for you so Fair Oaks circle you want to write that down uh, they're also just beautiful wonderful young ladies as well as all of them and so but that's an interesting tidbit I've been through this myself graduation I graduated high school if y'all didn't know that uh, but I also been through this with two of our children uh Lana and I have Dave and Audra. And most of you probably don't know, we also lost a child at, during the pregnancy. And uh, so that child would be 20, 20, 21. Help me out. Yeah, right in there. Yeah, she's saying, yeah, she carried it, so she knows this stuff. But anyway, 
we'll get to see that baby again. Uh, that's so cool. As sons and daughters of God knowing the heaven cometh. And, uh, but anyway, we went through two graduations. Dave graduated in 2002, Crossville High School, and then Audra in 2004. So we've been through the emotions of this, planning everything, getting it all ready, and, and the tears that are there and real and honest. But my graduation occurred in 1977, 40 years ago, 40. That just sounds, it don't even sound normal for me to say that, 40 years ago. But I remember it very well, 1977. And uh, I see Ray Bullock, he graduated from ball play in 1877. So he's back there. God, love you, I'm getting that, yeah. 40 years ago. 40, it just seems unreal, and a lot of our high school students were planning a graduation uh, this year, and in fact, we're going to do it in the fall, and they've already put on the plan that they're asking all the graduating students that I graduated with are going to come to church here that Sunday morning in the fall in October, but 40 years. Mr. Bob Cartrett, I know he was in the school system for many, many years, he and Millie's wife as well, many of you know the Cartretts, he was our principal at the time. And I knew him for years as Coach Cartrett, but he was the principal at Edwell High School the year that I graduated. And we gathered in the old gym there in Stowers Hill where they still play the football games. But I was the first graduating class to graduate at the new building down in Camp Cyber. But it went two years to the old school. And I know you seniors going, we don't even know what you're talking about, but some people do. But Mr. Cartrett said some things to us as we gathered in the old gym there in Atala. We lined up according to alphabetically, and we're all lined up, and uh, he told us to get quiet. He wanted to say a few things to us just before we walked out on the football field, and, and I'm sure what he said was very similar to many last words spoken by a principal or vice principal or a school counselor, but there was one thing he asked us to do, and that he said to us that I have not forgotten for over 40 years. I still remember it. He had us intentionally turn around and, and look at each other. He said, I want you to keep quiet and be serious. But I, I don't want you to say a word, but I want you to turn around and look at each other, those around you, and look around all of your class. I just want you to look at everybody. And I'm sure, you know, we probably made faces at one another, and we were just wanting to get it over, you know, because we had plans that night or something. And, but then he said, in so many words, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, this group of people that you grew up with, you learned together, you laughed together, you cried together, you were in band together, you played sports together, activities, competitions, teams, and many of those students, I had went to Ivy together for 12 years. Back in the old days, we didn't have kindergarten, but there were many of them I had been with for 12 years, and you know, he's getting a little more serious. You've been together all this time, and then he said, you will never you will never be with this whole group of people ever again. And I first thought, how does he know that? I mean, then he went on to share because of life, because of college, because of marriage, because of military, because of death, you will never be with this group of people again. So he said, cherish this moment and remember this. Turned out he was right never been with that group again we've had some reunions and stuff but there weren't near half of them there and I realize some of you may have graduated very small classes maybe eventually you got together but most of you know what I'm talking about you that graduated 
this passage of time, this moment, which we highlight in the United States of America, and most nations do, but there, there is something unique about this transition. And, but those people you grew up with, you, you will never be with all of them again. And I don't say that to depress you, but it was very sobering to me. It was very humbling to me the night that he said that, and I've never forgotten it. A little more information, too. According to the United States of America, and under the umbrella of the Lord God Almighty, when you turn 18, you become an adult. Now, I realize adulthood is not always based on the age. It's based on maturity, too. But still, in the United States of America, when you turn 18 years old, there are certain things that happen. You can be tried as an adult. Uh, you can vote. And I realize some of you can fill out something and vote in a primary and when you're 17. But generally speaking, that law was put in place several years back. 18 years old, there are certain things. You can join or be drafted into the military. We can put an M16 in your hands, and within a few months of training, we can send you off to the Middle East or anywhere in the world at 18. And I know they've changed the law a little bit, but it's interesting to me that for years, it's still this way in some states, vote, join the military, we can put an M16 in your hand, but you can't buy tobacco products until you're 19. I just, that just seems weird to me. So I thought about buying all of you a pack of Levi Garrett chewing tobacco, these seniors. But it costs too much. There's too much taxes on it, so I'm not going to do that. Megan wanted beech nut, but I was going to get the rest of you, Levi Garrett. Seniors always include the Lord. Always include the Lord in your goals, in your plans, and in your dreams. Reminds you that God deeply, deeply loves you. He loves you. And he desires that you desire. He desires that you would desire to make him Lord of your life. Part of the way that we make him Lord of our life is that we claim that my journey will always include God. I'm going to give you a passage of scripture. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It is worth memorizing. Many of you have already memorized it. If you haven't, I would say that Proverbs 3, 5, 6 is probably my top five, one of my top five scriptures that I go to. And many of you claim that. It's a unique passage. I'm going to give it to you in three different versions because I want you to get it. There's some statements in here, three lines in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. The first one is out of the New King James that I usually preach from. And it goes this way, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not into thy own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That's the first thing you need to do. All of us, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust him. But I like the next line, in all your... Second line is, and lean not unto your own understanding. There's going to be times in your journey that you, you can't completely trust in your understanding of things. There's going to be things that are going to hit you in life that all you can do is hold on and trust God. That's why he tells you first to trust him. The second version I've given to you is the Common English Bible. It goes this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't rely on your own intelligence. I like the way that it says that because some of you are very intelligent. You could outscore me on the ACT test. But again, there are times in life, and I'm not knocking intelligence and education. I highly recommend it. I've got 96 hours toward a master's degree. 
I've been four years of college. I understand that I, I welcome education and intelligence, but there's sometimes that that's not going to get you through the day. You're going to have to trust God with all of your heart. Again, I, I'm not knocking intelligence. You see, wisdom from God is far better than intelligence and education. You can have wisdom and have those, but you can have intelligence and education and not have a bit of wisdom. So you can have a sixth grade education and be filled with the wisdom of God. So you can't trust those things. You've got to trust God. The third version I memorized when I was a teenager. I don't know, 14, 15 years old. Uh, our, uh, our youth pastor had us memorize it. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I memorized it out of the good news. You'll see it up there. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. By the way, all three of those versions are identical in that opening statement. And then it says, never rely on what you think you know. Never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in everything you do, and he will show you the right way. Seniors, I want to tell you something. I have lived by this so much so that even Thursday night, I woke up about 1.30. I was wrestling with something in our life and in our family that I can't sort out. I can't wrap my mind around. I can't get it all figured out with, with relying on what I think I know. And as I was laying there, couldn't sleep, tossing and turning, needed to go get me another Benadryl so I could go back to sleep, I remembered what I was going to preach to you on Sunday morning. And I got up out of the bed about 1.32 a.m. in the morning this Thursday, and I quoted Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So I'm, I'm telling you this personally, that this works and it'll carry you through. And you're going to have to go to it from time to time. And I did Thursday night. Lord, I renew my trust in you. I trust you, Lord, with all of my heart. And God, right now in this situation that I'm trying to analyze in the middle of the night, I know that I cannot rely on what I think I know. I acknowledge you. You, you be on my journey. You direct my path. Help me to trust you, God, in areas in my life where I don't trust you because that's a part of our journey. It's part of our faith, part of our trust. Second scripture that I want to give to you is out of 2 Timothy 4, 6, 7, and 8. I won't spend much time here, but Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you've got that. And I think Chris had a list of the second sentence up there. And Chris, you can move on to the next one, 2 Timothy 4, 6, 7, and 8. Now, I want to tell you that oftentimes these are used at a funeral. This passage is preached at a funeral. I did a week ago Saturday. Greg Lang passed away, and I used this passage at his funeral. But within it are some powerful statements, 3 and verse 7. So here it goes. This is the Apostle Paul, 2 Timothy 4. He's in a prison cell, Paul is. As far as we know, history has it that this was his last letter that he wrote. And he knows he's going to die. They're going to kill him. And so he opens up with verse 6. He says, for I am already being poured out as a drink, drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. Those are dying words. My departure. Departing this earth is about to happen. But he said something in verse 7. Three things. I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. In three clear statements in verse 7, 
Paul affirms his end and he's fought the battle and he's won it. The battle, of course, is a spiritual one. You and I are spiritual beings. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. There's things you're going to face that you're going to face them. You're going to have to enter the spirit realm. He's fought the good fight. Secondly, he has run the race. This is an excellent image of discipleship because he doesn't say you're going to win. He just mentions finishing. Now, winning's okay. And yes, we do win a prize. I understand all that. But discipleship, the focus is not on winning, but running and finishing. And then the third thing he says, he has kept the faith. I know that most of you are going off to college. You're going to face some professors and other students that don't give a rip about Jesus Christ. They will dog you and down you for your faith. So you're going to have to keep your faith. You're going to have to hold on to your faith. Mom and daddy can't do it for you anymore. You have to decide in whom you have believed. In fact, 1 Timothy 4.1 says, Now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. It must be possible to depart from the faith. But Paul said, I've kept the faith. In fact, he goes on to say that latter times, some will depart from the faith. They'll giving heed to Deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. That's real. Paul said, I've kept the faith. So students, I challenge you to keep the faith. And the faith means, invariably, it means reliance upon Jesus Christ and relationship with Christ. Always about relationship with Jesus. But the faith also means the substance of Christian belief. The truth. The truth. Jesus said that the truth, the truth will make you free. We've got to have truth. It's part of our faith. Hebrews eleven six 6 says that without faith it's impossible to please God. For he or she who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he's a reward of them that will diligently seek him. So last three things again that Paul said that were part of the end of his life. Fight the good fight. Run and finish the race. And keep the faith. Again, I go back to the sermon title, and I hope maybe in your own mind, not only the seniors, but every one of us here, can you claim today that my journey will include God. I'll close with just a quick personal testimony. The journey that I have taken has had a lot of turns, and it's had quite a few ups and downs. I want you to know that I have experienced some great joy. I mean just some great joy. But I've also experienced some great pain. Great pain. I have tried to trust Jesus through it all. I think that I have. I'm still doing that. But I highly recommend that you do the same. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Let's pray together. God, we love you today. We praise you today. God, I I know that these seniors have got so many things on their mind. They're finishing up, wrapping up, and graduating next week. But I pray, God, that they'll remember Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And uh, they'll remember this scripture in Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, 7. God, I ask you to bless them. And I ask you to bless their families. And above all else, may we all leave here and say yes. I'm going to trust in the Lord with all of my heart. In Jesus' name we pray.
Let's stand together and sing our closing hymn. It is my Jesus, I love thee. 172. Hymn number 172.